Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big knee breath, buddy. With your host. Let's go up there and have a good day, all right, bud? Dave Buchanan. The defending champion, Martin Truex Jr., caps off a dominating performance tonight by going back-to-back here at Kentucky Speedway and winning the Quaker State 400. Good morning, race fans. 1104 here on WGR Sports Radio 550, and welcome to another edition of WGR's Fast Track. And that's how you heard it here last night on WGR as Martin Truex Jr., Cruise to victory last night in the Quaker State 400 at the Kentucky Speedway, giving Truex his fourth win of the season. And now through, what are we, 18 races here in the uh, 2018 NASCAR Cup Series season, and 14 of the races have been won by three different drivers. The big three scores another one, and I am just counting down the minutes until NBC gives us a This Is Us spoof with the big three. If you watch the show, you, you get the reference. I only watch it because my wife watches it, I swear. Um, but the big three, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, and Martin Truex Jr. with uh, 14 wins out of the 18 or 19 that we've run so far this year in the Cup Series. They have won 14 of them. Martin Truex getting his fourth win of the season last night in a typical Martin Truex mile-and-a-half mud stomp of the field. As uh, he swept all three stages, led 174 out of 267 laps and uh, made it look easy. The only thing that really held him up was pit strategy and the fact that it is still hard to pass on mile-and-a-half tracks in NASCAR in 2018. And a couple of the guys tried to take advantage, but uh, Truex eventually overcame and prevailed last night at Kentucky. As you heard the call there, courtesy of the Performance Racing Network, Pat Patterson, Doug Rice calling uh, Martin Truex Jr. as he drove to victory last night. We had the race here on WGR. Coming up on today's program, phone lines are open, by the way, right off the top here, 803-0551-888-550-2550. You want to chime in on uh, something you saw in last night's race or maybe took us some great local racing this weekend because there's lots of good stuff, and we're going to talk about that too later on in the program. Uh, coming up in about nine minutes or so, Matt Weaver from Auto Week is going to join us to talk about NASCAR and probably some short track racing stuff too because Matt uh, covers all sorts of different forms of motorsports for Auto Week and short track scene. So we'll talk to Matt at quarter past the hour. At the bottom of the hour, another Western New York drag racer scoring a national event win in NHRA last weekend at the New England Nationals in Epping, New Hampshire, Pete Maduri from Tonawanda took his Dynabraid-sponsored Chevy S10 to victory lane in the Super Street class 
at the uh, NHRA New England Nationals. So a national event win for another Western New York driver. And Pete is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Uh, I think it's a cool story. I, he works for Dynabraid. They sponsor his racing operations. Uh, he's also, a, a, from what I can tell, a pretty good bowler, too. And he's got he's been uh, doing this drag racing thing for a few seasons now. has a couple of cars in his f- stable and uh, seen him have success at Lancaster and tracks here in western New York. But he's finally getting a first career national event win uh, last weekend. So we'll talk to Pete Maduri at the bottom of the hour, talk some drag racing and uh, lots to come to on our local racing roundup as well. As uh, I was up at the Jucasa Motor Speedway last night in Nell's Corners, Ontario, for the Race of Champions Modified Series and the International Super Modified Association. And my gosh, uh, the hype that we talked to Alex Nagy about it last week on the program, and it lived up to expectations. What a phenomenal facility. The work they've put into that place, the gorgeous LED lighting, the smooth, uh, freshly paved racing surface, the banking. The speed, the action last night was certainly uh, right there in the modified race last night with Patrick Emerling going to victory over uh, Andy Jankowiak and Daryl Lewis. Uh, Mike Leedy started on the pole and led the first 91 laps at a late race restart with nine laps to go. He spun the tires and allowed Patrick, his teammate, to go by to take the lead. And then Emerling held off Andy Jankowiak in the final laps to uh, get his second one of the season in the Race of Champions Modified Series. And uh, But what a great... Great race, great racetrack. The uh, top three, I interviewed the top three after the race, and all three drivers raved about it. Everybody loved it. Uh, exciting action. It was almost like what the modified, the NASCAR modifieds are going to next weekend at Loudon, New Hampshire, on the mile there at New Hampshire. Uh, they, the ROC guys treated the, the, the five eighths mile at Jucasa last night almost like they were running Loudon, as they were almost doing a little bit of drafting down the back straightaway, trying to pull out a line, doing that slipstream pass, which is uh, the best way to, to pass people at New Hampshire in a modified. Uh, I saw saw a lot of that, especially Indy Jankoyak tried to do a little bit of that. Chuck Hosfeld tried to. Uh, Chuck running out of gas there in the last couple of laps, unfortunately uh, derailed. Uh, took him out of a top three finish last night. But uh, what a, a fun night and exciting track and a lot of people buzzing uh, about Jucasa Motor Speedway after last night's race. And uh, the excitement will grow there, especially as they get closer to their big $50,000 to win late model race Labor Day weekend there at Jucasa Motor Speedway. And I'm hoping and more than positive that the uh, Race of Champions Modifieds will be back at Jucasa in 2019, hopefully for even bigger and better show next season. As uh, obviously they caught the uh, attention of the fans last night. And it was also cool to see the International Super Modified Association, the Wing Supers, uh, Fortunately, they were down a little bit on car count. They dealt with some attrition issues, but uh, just to see Dan Bowes just storm away from the field and running 15.2-second laps there around the uh, 5.8 mile. I don't even know what the average speed works out to on that, but that that was also just thrilling to see those cars in action there. And uh, some of the side-by-side battling we did see was pretty thrilling. Uh, unfortunately, just uh, the field got a little bit thin there towards the end of the race, and Dan Bowes was just too strong as he pulled away from John McKennedy to get the win. So I got done there. We had a two-hour rain delay. Uh, got out of the track about 12.45, got home 3 in the morning. So you, my usual Saturday night when there's a NASCAR race uh, plan, usually it, I, I, if I'm at Lancaster, I c- come home from Lancaster, do my post-race press release, flip the NASCAR race on the DVR, watch it while writing, and then finish up my press release and watch the end of the race and all that. So I kind of had to reverse that this morning since I rolled in from Jucasa. At a, you know, just before 3 a.m., you know, right to bed. Got up this morning, though, when the alarm went off at 
and uh, was uh, scram- scrambling to get the PR done for Lancaster and then watch the race on the DVR uh, <laughs> this morning to see how Martin Truex dominated the race, uh, which was what I was kind of expecting anyway. So, But I did notice, and uh, the theme of the weekend, at least for the truck race and the cup race, I will admit I was at work work or at Ransomville Friday night. I didn't see one second of the Xfinity Series race. I will admit that. Uh, that was won by uh, Christopher Bell over Daniel Hembrick and Kyle Busch. I didn't see one second of the Xfinity race Friday night. I did see the truck race Thursday night, though, and I watched the cup race this morning. And there was an th- obvious theme, and I was kind of surprised the theme happened in the truck race, but it is the aero advantage a leader still has at mile-and-a-half tracks because that was evident in both races, Thursday and last night with the cup race. Uh, Stuart Friesen, oh, so close, oh, so close to, another, to his getting that first truck series win. He was leading late in the race, had to come down pit road, green flag pit stops. He and Ben Rhodes come in. Ben Rhodes took no tires and just fuel. Stewart took two tires and fuel, so Rhodes got the lead once the green flag stopped cycle three. You'd think with Stewart with at least two fresher tires in the truck could catch and pass Ben Rhodes, but no, he could only get within a half a second, and then a arrow push develops on the truck. Tires kind of equalize out, and then he falls off, and Rhodes goes on to victory. And we saw that, too. Last night in the Cup Series race, that twice both uh, Brad Keselowski and Kurt Busch went the two-tire route while most of the field went four tires, including Martin Truex, and they would have get out there and lead. And Brad Keselowski led a, uh, a lot of laps last night after going with two tires. And if things maybe played out better, he might have had a shot to win. He led, you know, 35 laps late in the race, but eventually Martin Truex would have would track him down when the advantage the the track position advantage versus the four tires versus two tires, when that kind of balanced itself out, eventually, uh, you know, Truex was able to close in and catch and pass Kozlowski for the lead. But then they had a uh, final late race caution when uh, the 23 car blew up, and that's when uh, another round of pit stops. And again, Kurt Busch then took a stab at it. He went two tires. Didn't hold on for as long as uh, Kozlowski did, though, as Kurt Busch, again, was got caught up by uh, the dominant force that is Martin Truex. But there you, you saw it, at least for a little bit. It didn't work out as well as, say, the truck race on Thursday night. But the advantage the leader has on a mile-and-a-half track, you get that clean air on the nose of the car. It makes it so much easier to get through the air versus the guy in second place who may have a faster car, may have better tires. But if he cannot get more than if he can if he can barely get to the back bumper of the guy in front of him because the air coming off the car in front of him upsets the handling uh it's just a uh, unfair advantage um for for the the leader of the race i mean it, nothing you can do about i mean i call it unfair advantage but i mean that's just part of racing i guess uh is but it still it still stinks to see that that the the aero advantage uh you know all the tweaking nascar tries to do to make their product better stage racing the New the the package we saw at the All Star race, you know everything they try and do to improve the show, and it still just comes down to the mile and a half tracks. Just don't provide exciting racing. It it just leads you know you get good re, you get good side by side racing on the restarts, um, but eventually a long green flag run gets stretched out and the leader can take off because of that aero advantage. And it's I mean hopefully. You know, when we get the aero package we saw at the All-Star race, we see it next year in the Cup Series. 
Uh, you know, maybe that'll improve the product of the tracks they take it to, and hopefully they take it to most, if not all, the mile-and-a-half tracks next year. You know, hopefully that'll improve the product, but it still it comes down to these bigger tracks. Just don't put on good shows. And, and eventually we need to – it's going to cost a lot of money when we get to that point, but it's just change the tracks. You can try changing the format. You can try changing the cars all you want, but eventually you're going to have to change the tracks. I mean, and they – you know, they, they try to – they put, you know – traction compound down and those tire dragging machines try and widen out the grooves and, and give guys more room out there and just everything they do it it's still uh it, it it just doesn't work because i mean you get nights like last night when martin truex is just he, he's the car is better than everybody too but also uh the the lead car just gets such an advantage um so it was a, it was a combination of both last night but truex was uh, on his game let's go to the hotline though and bring in for Auto week he covered the uh watch the race last night matt weaver joins us on the line matt it's dave buchanan here in buffalo great to talk to you again sir hey good morning dave how's it going doing well uh a little, little tired after a late night at the short track but i uh, had uh watched this race with uh, martin truex and uh just another uh mile and a half show for martin truex as he really uh blew the doors off him once again at a mile and a half track yeah you know it's funny we we kind of uh have this perception that truex is the king of the mile and a half tracks and, and certainly a lot of that is the 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 perception he rightfully established last year but believe it or not this is his first intermediate track win of this season Mm. um but he's been right in the mix all year and obviously he's part of the big three that's winning everything right now and uh you know it's the big three's world and we're just living in it (laughs) yeah it's it's amazing uh you know 14 races now for these three drivers combined kyle bush kevin harvick and martin truex um but it's funny it's the with the playoffs i mean it while a lot of people are i have you know put those three guys in in pencil i guess for homestead i mean anything can happen when we get to the playoffs but really with the the playoff points these guys are racking up i mean what what is out there that could keep these guys from getting to homestead by the end of the season well you know i i kind of look at it a little bit differently and i i wrote about this uh either last week or the week before. Mm-hmm. But I actually think this is one of the more compelling championship battles we've had in a while because yeah. of the big three. Yeah. So you would think based on conventional wisdom that, you know, three of the four uh, homestead spots are already pretty much locked out. And that very well could be the case. But let's not forget that the the final round of the playoffs includes Martinsville, Yep. And Phoenix. And it includes Texas, too, and crazy things happen in Texas. But it's not completely out of out of question or out of or that maybe someone outside of the big three out of the final eight wins at Martinsville, like a Clinton Boyer, mm. or like a Joey Logano, who has been well there in the past, or a Brad Keselowski, who's done well there in the past, too. If something happened to Texas, like we saw a couple of years ago with Jeff Gordon and Brad Keselowski, <laughs> and even you know Phoenix, which could be a wild card race too, you know, all of a sudden you're looking at a scenario where one of the big three aren't going to get in. Mm. Now, is that going to happen? I I don't know. I mean, like you said, the the big three have accumulated so many playoff points; they're almost in cruise mode. It's remarkable that all three of those guys have basically either matched or exceeded the pace that Truex set last year when he was pretty much virtually guaranteed a championship race berth 
before the playoffs even began. So, you know, I, I thought we were in uncharted territory last year. Now we've got three guys doing it. So it's just uh, interesting times we're living in in the NASCAR Cup Series right now. Uh you wrote about it over on AutoWeek.com. Uh, despite the uh, great job by Martin Truex last night, one of the big stories coming out of last night was the Penske cars, all three posting in the top ten, including Ryan Blaney finishing second, his first top five since uh, Texas back in April, and he's kind of he kind of cooled off after a little bit of a hot start, but a, a pretty good night for the Penske bunch. Yeah, you know, I wasn't there, so obviously right. I'm kind of beholden to. Um, the the press clippings mm. on a night where I'm not at the track live, but based on just the transcripts and what I was reading from tweets and, and from press conferences, you would think that Team Penske would feel pretty good about themselves after placing all three cars in the top ten. And don't forget the Wood Brothers in eleventh. That's a de facto Penske car as well. Sure. Uh, but all four of them were very uh, lukewarm about it. I don't know what the right word there is, but mm. they know. There is a, a clear uh, deficit from the big three, and I know we we hate saying the big three, the big three, the big three, but they are. Um, there is a clear gap. Are you, are you kidding? Between... NBC NBC's got to love this big three because it ties into this is us. So I'm sure they're loving this this big three phrase going around. NBC's got to be loving oh, it. Oh, that's that's good. That is really good. <laughs> I can't yeah. I can't wait for the spoof on the next pre race show. <laughs> Right. But um, there, there's obviously a gap right now between Kyle Busch, uh, Martin Truex, and Kevin Harvick and everyone else. But Penske, those guys do feel like they closed the gap a little bit. But they also know that there's still a lot of work to be done. So it was a good day for Penske, but I think it speaks volumes that all three of those guys got out of their cars last night and said, you know, we're not even close. We got better. Mm-hmm. But the 78 is in a different world right now, and I think you could say the same thing, and this is me talking. You could say the same thing about the 4 and the 18 as well. Matt, uh, the I, I will admit I did not see the Xfinity Series race, but I watched the truck race. I watched my uh, buddy Stuart Friesen drive a heck of a race but come up short. Uh, I did see Brad Keselowski, Kurt Busch also use this strategy, but the two tires versus four tires, or in the truck race, two tires or no tires versus two tires, but... Being the leader, being out in front in a mile-and-a-half track sometimes is better than having fresher tires. And we saw it work for Ben Rhodes in the truck race, and we saw it work for a little bit, especially for Brad Keselowski. Ultimately, Martin Truex just too strong, but still that arrow advantage the leader gets at a mile-and-a-half track is still a huge storyline. It really is. And I was listening to you before I came on the air, and you know, I, I think we're of the same mentality that I don't know what makes certain people in NASCAR, whether it's uh, the front office, whether it's track executives or even our fellow media types, I don't know why there's such a reluctance just to acknowledge the fact that these tracks are problematic. And we can talk about, well, fix the car, fix the car, fix the car. Mm. But there comes a certain point in the evolution of the sport where you can't put the pace back in the tube. You can't unlearn decades of of engineering once you know i've always said that team penske in a lot of ways really revolutionized the sport because because roger brought a indycar engineering mentality over to nascar Mm -hmm. especially in the the 90s he really started bringing more technology and more perspective into stock car racing and it completely changed the game and in some ways you know stock car racing is what indycar racing used to be 
and IndyCar racing has kind of become the the blue collar, gritty, beating and banging kind of racing. So it's just it's weird the times we live in. But um, if you're not going to fix these cars ever again, because you don't you don't unlearn aerospace engineering, uh, you you've got to control what you can, which is the tracks. Yeah. And you know. Look, there's a place for mile-and-a-half tracks. I think Chicagoland was wonderful. I think there's yeah. something to be said about, you know, surfaces that are 20 years old, mm. but Kentucky's not going to be 20 years old until 19 years from now. So we've got a <laughs> long way to go. Uh, Atlanta, Atlanta is wonderful because of the, the age surface. Mm. So a lot of these tracks, they're just not going to get better, and you're not going to fix the cars. You're really not. And I think Texas Motor Speedway and even Kentucky – missed a huge opportunity with their recent reconfiguration mm. to do something different, reconfigure into a one-mile track, and at least shake up the schedule that way. But, again, I, I'm with you. I heard what you said. And, yeah. You know, and, until the schedule changes or some of these tracks changes, half of your races, I'm going to be really blunt here, are going to be boring. Yeah, and that, that's the other thing. Not only is it the on-track product, but it is the, the predominance of that style of track on the schedule, the fact that there's so many of them, too. It wouldn't maybe bother us as much if we got races like last night if if it didn't happen so frequently because or there's a, a chance for that to happen so frequently because there's so many similar tracks on the schedule. Just changing it up would be a, a nice uh, change of pace. Well, speaking of tracks that are very exciting and new, uh, track you got to re- uh, visit recently, and I was at last night at the Jucasa Motor Speedway. I believe you were there for the Pinty Series race. I saw a great modified race there last night, but uh, what a phenomenal facility that mm-hmm. is over in, in Canada, and I know you see a lot of short track racing. What were your thoughts uh, when you were up there for the Pinty Series? Yeah, I've yet to watch the, the Rock Mods race, and I'm, I'm going to try to do that today before I leave for the Midwest. Uh, I heard it was a good time. Uh, but, yeah, the facility there at Jucasa is just wonderful. I was there a month ago for the, the Pinty Series and had a chance to chat with Alex Nagy, the track's general manager, and, and the ownership group mm. of that racetrack. And let me tell you something. If we had more promoters and, and track owners like we have at Jucasa, you know, short track and grassroots racing would be in a really good place. I'm sure you saw the story that they're doing a, a 50,000 to win pro late model race. Yep. And that's going to be the richest late model race in North America. And what, what happened there was, and this is a good story to help you understand why that track is doing so many things well. They came up to Alex and they said, well, how can we get the best drivers in, in North America? to come to our racetrack instead of the snowball derby or the winter showdown or, or Martinsville or what have you. Mm. And Alex said, you know, we're going to have to put up a good purse. And they said, well, what kind of purse are we talking about? And they thought, okay, well, you know, Kern County pays 30. How about 30? And they eventually settled on, on 25 to win. And the owners came back to, to Alex and said, no, 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 we want to get the best. We want to be the best paid. We want to be the premier late model race. Mm. And eventually, spitballing, they came up with a 50 grand to win, which is 38 <laughs> grand in, in American. Yeah. And that's just crazy. So basically, the owners there are like, whatever we can do to top the experience that you get anywhere else, whatever we can do to top the purse that you can get anywhere else, they want to do it, and when you look at the facility itself, I don't know what you think, but the facility is top-notch, and yep. it's just a good crowd, too. So I love that place, and I can't wait to come back at some point this year. 
Uh, yeah, it was phenomenal. Uh, they got they got to do some work with some fan amenities. I know that's a work in progress. They need some some help with some concessions for the fans. But uh, it's a it's a racers racetrack right now. It's a and uh, heard more good things from the modified drivers last night. Uh, Matt, what's coming up this week over at Auto Week and uh, even Short Track Scene? What can the fans look forward to from you this week? Yeah, you know, I, I didn't go to Kentucky, so I had a weekend off, so I feel refreshed, and I took a, a couple of days off this week, actually. So I'm going to head down today up to the Midwest, uh, heading up to uh, Anderson Speedway in Indiana for the Red Bud 400 prestigious super late model race. And since I'm already in the Midwest, I'm going to do Eldora on Wednesday. Uh. And, uh you know, I'm kind of a seat by my pants guy, so uh, we'll wake up on Thursday morning and decide what we want to do next. Well, enjoy that. Uh, I went to the first truck race at Eldora, had a blast. Uh, I've not been able to get back there since, but uh, someday soon I'll, I'll call up my buddy Roger Slack and ask for tickets or something for a race to get back to Eldora. Was that's another great facility too, Matt? Thank you so much for the time here on your off weekend. Appreciate it, and uh, we'll keep checking out your coverage over at Auto Week, and hopefully talking to you again real soon. 10-4, bud. Thanks. Good All talking right. to you. Yep. That is Matt Weaver from AutoWeek.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at Matt Weaver, A-W. Uh, also uh, covers short track racing for short track scene. He knows a lot about the uh, the southern and midwest late model scenes. And like he said, he's going to Anderson for the Red Bud 400. That is a huge late model race. So uh, he's a great follow on Twitter, too. He covers all sorts of uh, motorsports forms. When we get back. Uh, we'll go from left turns to straight line racing. Pete Maduri from Tonawanda picked up his first career national event win in the NHRA last weekend in Epping, New Hampshire. We're going to talk to Pete next here on Fast Track. Hi, this is Martin Truex Jr., driver of the number 78 Furniture Road Toyota. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. 11.33 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. I would be remiss if I didn't mention the two major world sporting events going on simultaneously while we're on the air. The men's final at Wimbledon is just wrapped up. Novak Djokovic winning, beating Kevin Anderson 6-2-6-2-7-6 at Wimbledon in the men's final. So Djokovic uh, picking up the win there. And the World Cup final is also going on right now in Russia. And they are... Almost to 33 minutes into the match, and it is knotted up at one, France and Croatia. France scored first, and then at some point when I was wrapping up with Matt Weaver, Croatia making the tally, uh, tallying the tying goal there in the World Cup final. So they're at just about 33 minutes, and they are tied at one. Uh, so I figured I should mention that since we don't have the sports update here. But, uh, you know, pretty big sporting events going on right now in the world. Uh, 11.33 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Dave Buchanan in WGR's Fast Track. And, again, Martin Truex getting the win last night in the Cup Series, his fourth win of the year. I uh, didn't mention the rundown as I got off on my spiel to start the show. But it was Truex, Blaney, Keselowski, your top three. Kyle Busch did finish fourth. Kevin Harvick. Rounding out the top five, Kurt Busch finishing sixth after leading 45 laps. Eric Jones was seventh. Eric Almirola eighth. Kyle Larson, Joey Logano rounded out the top ten. Uh, Paul Menard was 11th. Clint Boyer 12th. Chase Elliott 13th. Jimmy Johnson 14th. Suarez, Hamlin. Hamlin. Uh, that takes you back to 16th. Matt Kenseth finished 19th. Byron was 20th. And Bubba Wallace finished 27th. And, yeah, that'll battle. do. And Alex Bowman uh, crashed out of the race early on when he uh, blew a tire. The brakes failed on the 24 or the 88 car and slapped the wall. He was the first car out, uh, finishing 39th last night. So the uh, Cup Series uh, rolls on to their uh, next event. And uh, as Matt said, the Truck Series, a great one of the best races of the year coming up this week uh, with the Truck Series at Eldora on Wednesday night. That is always a ton of fun. 
uh, all the truck regulars, plus you've got Ryan Newman, you've got Max McLaughlin that we had on the show. He'll be attempting to qualify for the race, and the uh, NASCAR, uh, the Cup Series, heads up to Loudoun, New Hampshire uh, for uh, a race uh, this coming weekend, so that's next up on the schedule. Uh, let's switch, though. We'll go to, okay, we're not ready yet for uh, Pete Maduri, so stay tuned. We'll get Pete here on in just a minute as uh, the NHRA uh, Meliola Drag Racing Series was in Epic, New Hampshire last week. They're headed off to their western swing on their schedule starting in Colorado next weekend, the Bandamere Speedway in Colorado, and then they're off to Sonoma, California, and then they go up to uh, Washington State and then work their way, and then they're off a week, but then they have Brainerd, Minnesota, and then they head to, uh, of course, the U.S. Nationals in Indianapolis Labor Day weekend, So, but the big western swing for NHRA coming up. But last weekend at... Epping, New Hampshire, the New England Nationals and Western New York got another NHRA National event win, and it went to Pete Maduri of Tonawanda in his Dynabraid Chevy S10. And Pete joins us on the line. Pete, it's Dave Buchanan, and congratulations on your first national event win. Thank you very much, and thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, it, it was a thrill. I, uh, you know, I, I'm involved in in motorsports and auto racing because of drag racing. My dad. Uh, was in drag racing uh, growing up, and uh, he worked at Lancaster for a long time as a tech official. But I kind of right. took to stock car racing, but uh, always, yeah. re- always, uh, you know, I follow drag racing as best as I can. Maybe not as much as stock car racing, but still appreciate it. Know we have a strong scene here in Western New York, and I'm always thrilled to see when a Western New York driver succeeds on the national event circuit. And so I wanted to get you on, but just for, just take us back to last weekend and, and take us through those last couple of rounds, uh, picking up the win last week. Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty intense schedule. There was some rain um, Friday, which was really our only day for qualifying. So we were supposed to get three qualifiers. Um, so we actually got cut to just one qualifier. Um, so it was a lot of, you know, a real intense qualifying round because we had to make a count. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, half the field literally uh, got the one hit on Friday and then first round Saturday morning and half the field was gone. So, you know, you really uh, had to had to have everything set up right, and we did. Um, so it was a six-round race, and... Uh, in the final, I had Brian Sawyer, who actually run, won the event the uh, previous year. So a mm-hmm. uh, little extra special to beat him. He's a real tough guy to, to race. So it was uh, just excellent experience and uh, just was able to apply a lot of the knowledge I've gained uh, racing locally and now getting out on the national level all last weekend. You did it in the Super Street class. Just real quick, what's the, uh, what's the, ram- what's the parameters there to run Super Street? Is it an index, or, or what, what, yeah. what do you got to run? Yeah, it's an it's yeah, index class. Um, they only run Super Street. It's a 1090 index at um, one national event for each division. So that was really the only shot for a Super Street guy um, to win in Division One. just that one race. So uh, it's a yeah, 1090 index class, so um, usually the cars will set up a lot faster for that. So you take a car that... Uh, like, for example, the truck runs 860s in the quarter flat out. Uh, so we use a throttle stop to kind of back it down and then achieve that um, high top end speed at the 1090 index. A lot of work goes into to setting up these cars. And the, the Chevy S10 that you drove last week, that's not your only car. you got a, a, a two or three cars in your racing stable, don't you? We have, yeah, my dad, um, we have a Corvette Roadster, so he primarily drives that. My dad does locally um, and some of the national events, too. Uh, we run that in 990 index, um, and then we do have a dragster that we run in uh, 890 index, and then I actually, um, right now I'm working on uh, putting a stocker together, so we're wow. going to run that. Next year it'll be ba- basically the truck and the stocker. So a, the, uh, main focus. chase more national events with those? That's what we're going to try to do, yeah. I want to uh, concentrate on the divisionals uh, like we are this year with the truck, and then um, we'll add the stocker in with that and then try to 
hit at least you know four or five national events. What what's it like? You know, you go run, you know, Lancaster on a Friday night, and that's great, and you're you're there with all your buddies racing. But what's it like, even though you're in one of the, you know the the sportsman classes, just being part of an NHRA national event when you're you're sharing the stage with the top fuelers in the nitro cars? Yeah, there's really nothing like it. I mean, uh, you know, that's exactly right. You know, just you know, we're in the staging lanes, and to look to the left of me, and you know, Greg Anderson lined up next to me in pro stock, and I look the other way, and you got a Pedragon, and you know, just all the guys you watch on TV all the time, and I was in the staging lanes next to them, so it was quite a thrill. Pete Maduri joining us, uh, NHRA drag racer, and picked up a win last weekend at Epping, New Hampshire. Uh, Pete, of course, your f- fleet of racers sponsored by Dynabraid, a-, a great local company, and part of the reason they're on the side of your race car is because you work there, I believe. What what do you do there over at Dynabraid? Yeah, I was uh, hired there uh, about five years ago um, as a territory manager. So I was a sales manager, uh, started in San Antonio, Texas. I was down there for three years, uh, transferred over to Indianapolis for a year, and then just recently got promoted um, back to the headquarters just outside of Buffalo, New York, as a corporate trainer. Um, so I've been in that role now for about exactly a year. And so a cor- pretty, it's, a, it's, a, it's a kind of a local secret. I yep. mean, it's a, a worldwide company. Everything's yeah. manufactured right out of Buffalo. So we sell to 93 countries, and it's really the, the highest quality industrial power tools on the market. I remember they used to sponsor uh, John McGowan when he used to run Super yes. Gas. But uh, how does how did that work out? Did you did you go to the office and say, "Hey, you guys want to sponsor my car?" Or did they know you were racing? How did that uh, partnership come to be to get them on the side of your cars? It was actually um, we have a new president. Um, he's been there for about two years now, and he's uh, kind of a motorhead. Uh, he's in the Grand Prix racing a lot or uh, Formula One racing a lot. So he approached me and um, kind of planted the seed, and uh, we went from there and. Uh, started it last year, so this will be the second year that they've been the sponsor, and you know, going really well. I think we're getting them a lot of exposure, especially last week. Uh, over seventy thousand fans were there. Yeah, they had a full house there at Epping, New Hampshire. Uh, Pete, uh, not only are you a drag racer, but I believe during the the winter months during your off season, I guess you're pretty good bowler yourself. Is that am I right with that? Yeah, they uh, the two that's uh, my main two uh, sports. They complement each other well. Obviously, the bowling during the winter, and then uh, transition into the racing uh, for the summer months. What do you do? I uh, enjoy the racing a lot more. <laughs> what 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 do you do? Uh, just a lot of the local tournaments, or do you do some other? How far, yeah, I do a few of the PBA tournaments, but for the most part, yeah, just the top amateur tournaments around the Syracuse, Rochester, Buffalo area. Uh, bowl, Buffalo bowling is pretty uh, pretty popular. We got a lot of hitters in the area, so. It's a good sport and, uh, you know, really competitive. A dual sport star, uh, Pete. Uh, <laughs> uh, before we let you go, uh, one of the things uh, I, I liked is I saw your, your Facebook post after the win, and one of the, the cool things I thought is is you just went, you, you thanked a bunch of people, but you kind of went through like a who's who of Western New York drag racing on your list. You would thanked everybody from, you know, Joe Lilienthal, Mike Swidarski, Billy Lieber, uh, the Fletchers, uh, Mike Janice. Just you went up and down the list. The, the Hugheses, Jason Vitez, just names I've known for years at, from Lancaster. Yeah. But uh, it, it, was, it seemed like it was a community effort to get you this win last weekend. And it really was, yeah. I mean, there's been so many people behind me, you know, people that probably don't even, you know, realize how grateful I am, but um, just have brought me along, um, you know, just uh, learning from them. And then uh, I, was, you know, just sat down and thought about it before I wanted to post anything and make sure I named as many of the names, you know, that, that I could think of because there's been a lot of people that have really helped, uh, you know, get to, to get to this point in my racing career. Well, Pete, uh, what's up ne- What's next on your schedule? Uh, where are you going to be racing here over the next couple of weeks? 
We um, actually got a couple. Let's see. We got next weekend. We will be in uh, Cicero, New York. There's a big race Vince Mussolino puts on, uh, $10,000 each day. Um, and then from there, we'll be uh, up in Toronto. And then uh, then we got a couple divisionals coming up. So I'll be in Echo, New Jersey, um, Cecil in Maryland. And then we do have another national event coming up in uh, middle of September at Maple Grove Raceway. Okay. So that'll be a big one. You, do you we're go- going to run the truck there. They don't run Super Street there, so we're actually going to run it in the 890 index there. Okay. Are you going to go to Indianapolis, too, or at all? Um, we got a there's a local race here that a uh, guy puts on that uh, big money race five thousand okay. to win on Labor Day. So we're probably going to stick here for that. Okay. One, it looks like cool. Sounds yeah. great. Well, Pete, again, congratulations. Like I said, I I try and stay on top of it. I I love to see the local guys. Of course, been tracking all of Dan Fletcher's wins. You know, getting yeah. past the one hundred oh, yeah. mark. But for you, this is a big first step with number one. Congratulations. Enjoy it, and uh, best of luck the rest of your season. I thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yep. Pete Maduri from Tonawanda, again, picked up his uh, first career NHRA national event win uh, in the Super Street class there at Epping, New Hampshire for the New England Nationals. And uh, just a cool story. Like it's, it's fun. You know, the drag racing is different from, from stock car racing. You know, there's, with the with the way they do their events, of course, you can, you know, run a, a lot more races in drag racing in a weekend than you can, say, with the NASCAR event. But uh, the sportsman classes allow these guys like Pete and, and like a lot of the great drag racers we have here in western New York uh, to go and shine on a national stage. And while it might not get live TV coverage on Fox or Fox Sports 1, you know, they do show all the sportsman classes and tape delay. So it does get them some exposure on a national level. Uh, plus, you you know, you can watch it on, on through the NHRA website and uh these guys, uh, you know, the, the races may only be seven to ten seconds long, but these guys work just as hard as, say, a guy that runs 200 laps and, and it sits in the car for an hour and a half. They just work just as hard, and the equipment is just as technical, and, and you know, they spend just as much money, maybe even more. Uh, so they they work hard. It's it just great to see whenever we can have a local guy. Of course, with Dan Fletcher, all of his wins, Mike Janis with the, the the great year he's having at the Pro Mod series, just uh, really good to see. And uh, if you're a if you're a stock car person, just Friday night, go to Lancaster, check out the drag racing. Or if you you're closer out to New York International and Leicester, go out there. Or go to the Toronto Motorsports Park up in Cayuga. There's there's there are some drag racing facilities. There's not as many as say stock car ovals in the area, but there's some good ones out there. And uh, you should check it out. And it's bracket racing can be a little bit confusing at first, but once you figure it out, you can enjoy it. And uh, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. So great to talk to Pete and great to see him pick up a win. Hopefully uh, a few more local guys get some wins. We can talk about it later this season. Speaking of local winners, we'll hit the local racing roundup when we get back here and close out this edition of Fast Track on WGR. Let's find out who visited Victory Lane this weekend. It's time for the local racing roundup on WGR's Fast Track. And we'll start with the Friday night action at Lancaster with the IHRA drag racing program. Billy Lieber Picked up the TNT Super Series win. Alex Nolte and Top 8 Eliminator. Michael Neary and Top E.T. Joe Karosik and Mod E.T. Mike Peters in Bikes and Sled. And Fast Eddie Semlich in Street E.T. His third win of the year in that division. They also had the top fuelers, Todd Payton and Dom Lagana. And uh, Todd Payton almost broke his track record on uh, on Friday night there in Lancaster. 3.39 seconds at 211 miles an hour down the 8th mile at Lancaster there on Friday night. Ransomville Speedway on Friday. They had the John Susie Memorial Street Stock Race. The huckster Corey Sawyer picked up the win there. Alan Wills got a second career modified win over Chad Brockman and Ryan Susie. Garrison Krentz in the Sportsman. Chad Desso in the Four Bangers. Brian Monahan got his first novice Sportsman win. 
Uh, Freedom Motorsports Park, Friday night. They had the ULMS late models in town, and no surprise here, Max Blair got the win over Mike Mareska and Greg Oaks. Brad Rouse got the sportsman win. Glenn Rittenauer got the street stock win there Friday night at Freedom. Uh, Friday night action over at uh, the track at Hillside at Holland. Uh, Sean Nye got the sportsman win. John, Josh Hathaway got the street stock win. Kenny Haina picking up the four-cylinder victory, and that's all I have uh, off the top of my head because uh, I have the I do have the press release. I take that back. I apologize. Let me get that for you. It was uh, Marty Hughes in the figure eights, and Kyle Hutchinson got the win in the TQ Midges. Those were the other two features. And uh, car counts improving slightly there over at the track at Hillside at Holland. They had some good... Uh, their best car counts of the season there on Friday night. Last night, Lancaster Speedway, Owen Bednaz got his first career sportsman win. The Race of Champions late models were in town, and Eldon King III picked up the win in that feature. Brian Hoffman got his first street stock win in his first race of the year, snapping Andy Cryan's five-race win streak, and Dan Dressel got his third four-cylinder win. And as I said off the top of the show, the Race of Champions modifieds were at Jucasa Motor Speedway with Patrick Emerling getting the win over Andy Jankowiak and Daryl Lewis. Dan Bowes winning the International Super Modified Association. Yeah, easy for me to say. International Super Modified Association event there at Jucasa uh, last night. Uh, Merrittville was rained out last night. The rain that delayed the programs at Jucasa and Lancaster washed out the program at Merrittville. They must have got the heaviest there in between the two tracks. But uh, there was a little bit of rain through the area on Saturday and. Uh, so some tracks were able to get it in, and some got rained out. Uh, coming up tonight, Humberstone Speedway is in action. They've got Autograph Night, and their five local divisions are in action at 6.30. They're over in Port Colborne. Coming up this weekend, big race uh, at, at Holland at the track at Hillside. The ROC Modifieds make their lone appearance of the year, the Thunder in the Hills 100. Uh, so after the exciting race last night at Jucasa, should be another good one at Holland. The, the uh, high banks of Holland always produce some exciting modified racing action as uh, things starting to heat up here in the second half of the uh, local racing season and uh, just uh, you know looking looking forward to it with uh, getting a uh, first visit to Holland for myself as well to uh, this season looking forward to getting back there and uh, just love uh, seeing the modified there as they always put on a good show so that'll do it uh, there will be a uh, NASCAR driver rolling through town it's a uh, private media uh, media event that Watkins Glen puts on and uh, hopefully we will have uh, you will hear from the NASCAR driver that is coming through town this week um, hopefully on next week's program if, if things work out schedule wise and uh, no uh, no massive rainstorms as his planes trying to fly in is what happened with Kevin Harvick last year when he came to the casino and his big uh, burnout he was supposed to do that got pushed because it had poured that morning and is you had to fly in through rochester and all that crazy stuff so hopefully uh smooth smooth friendly skies for the nascar driver coming to buffalo on thursday and hopefully we'll have sound for you next week on the program and we'll have lots more to talk about too so thanks for listening we'll talk to you next sunday here on wgr this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.